You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined by Chris Flum, and we're going to break down the 2022 NFL draft prospects at the cornerback and safety positions. Who's going to fit the New York Giants? Who are the best options for Wink Martindale's system? But before we get into that, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. I'm doing excellent. I feel like I've watched a solid amount of cornerbacks, but you know what, man? The secondary, and I'm not proud to admit this, but since we're studying every single position, there are some guys that I haven't got my eyes on yet, so I'm hoping you can provide some insight into some of those guys we'll go over a little bit later. Yeah, I think between the two of us, we probably got this covered pretty well. Yes, we do, man. Good team, good team. But I think we should start at the top. So there's a lot of speculation. The New York Giants having two top 10 picks. They're going to use one of those top 10 picks on a cornerback because Don McMartindale's system is so heavily predicated on having man coverage cornerbacks who are good in press coverage. And there are two names who really fit that bill. Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of the University of Cincinnati and Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. So we can present this, Chris, and say, which one would you prefer? But I think I want to kind of attack this in this manner. If the Giants select Sauce, I feel like we'll be okay. But if they select Stingley, how are you feeling? I think considering how new this uh, this current regime is, if the Giants pick Stingley, it is because they are comfortable with him. And Wink Martindale in particular is comfortable with him. I would hope that would mean we are getting the 2019 version of Stingley, where he is just absolutely dominant, disruptive, able to take games over or shut down a complete side of the field all by his lonesome. Yeah, If you can get that vintage of Stingley, yeah, he is absolutely worth a top 10, top five pick. He is good in, he is able to execute whatever kind of coverage you want, any type of technique, any type of scheme. He is just completely solid, completely reliable, and incredibly versatile. Now, how he is post Liz Frank injury, you know, torn ligament in the foot, I don't know. That is what gives me pause with Stingley, just because I do not know what he is right now. I can't know. I don't have his medical reports. I wasn't there at his pro day. Yet, even the 2020 version of Stingley wasn't bad. The things that make him really good, I don't think a foot injury is really going to mess with. I agree with you, to be honest. I don't think I'd be upset with Stingley at seven because I do believe this regime is going to do their due diligence on the medicals and on the character. And there are no reported character issues with Derek Stingley Jr. Some people seem to suggest that he could have came back from this injury that required surgery, but he opted not to. But if you look at the LSU program over the last year, it was kind of a mess in general. I don't really find that as a pure indictment of Derek Stingley Jr. But man, you want to talk about the best tape at cornerback, if you want to isolate one year, it's Derek Stingley Jr.'s 2019, and I don't really think it's close, to be honest. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, pretty much. That that was some of the best quarter cornerback play. Sorry, not quarterback. Although Joe Burrow that year was some pretty damn good quarterback <laughs> play. But yes, Derek Stingley in 2019, that that was just practically teaching tape. And to see that from a, a true freshman was insane. Stingley was dominating by all reports, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in practice, that this is somebody who is battle-tested. And I love Sauce Gardner, and I have Sauce Gardner ranked a little bit higher than Stingley because of the length, because of the, his ability to open up his strides and carry routes vertical, which I think Stingley does very well too. But if you're talking about press man ability and technique, I actually thought Stingley was more disciplined at the line of scrimmage, was a little bit more patient at the line of scrimmage, and technique wise with his jam and kind of just with his footwork at the line of scrimmage a little bit more advanced than Sauce Gardner yeah I agree with that yeah I, I thought he could have been maybe a little a little bit more disciplined at the top of routes you know like at, at breaks or at the catch point it seemed like he'd get a little bit over aggressive with his hands at least to me you know mm -hmm. especially considering how um how touchy NFL officials can be about defensive pass interference where you, you look at a wide receiver wrong and they're throwing the flag so, yeah, that was something I'd, I'd like to see Stingley improve with. But again, some of the best corners in NFL history, have, they, they interfered on every single play. They just learned how to get away with it. Absolutely. And like I said, I think I would be okay with Stingley as long as all of those boxes are checked. Now with Sauce, I'm more than okay. And I think Sauce is a safer type of prospect. And dude, when you watch him, you just don't see dudes who are that tall and that long and that high cut in his hips move as well as he does in terms of switching direction and with his transitions. And there were times where the transitions weren't overly perfect, like when his hips were totally going, I guess, upfield and he has to come back and cover comeback routes. But to be honest, man, I don't even look at that as a huge knock. I don't think it's something that is ridiculously deficient in his game when you consider his overall length. You want to talk about him covering slants? He's on top of it. He's in the inside pocket. The drag route against mesh concepts, something that he saw a lot because Cincinnati used him in man coverage, mag everywhere he goes type of coverage, and he would do an excellent job working over the top of the mosh or underneath the mosh, which is the man over on those mesh concepts, to avoid the traffic and then kind of present his length in the throwing lane. I remember in 2020, Calvin Austin beat him in that situation, but in 2021, he didn't see him lose too often. And if the catch was made on a good throw, he was right there to make the tackle. I just feel like he's excellent at staying in phase. And I would love to see somebody like that somewhat of a unicorn. And I know that word kind of gets thrown around a lot since Isaiah Simmons was in the draft a few years ago, but you're talking about a really, really tall, really physical cornerback who is going to be able to fit very well and transition into this system that Winnick Martindale wants. So I, if you're talking about an ideal situation, I think it's the Giants go one of those right tackles, Evan Neal, and then get sauce at seven if they're not going to trade. Yeah, I for me, that's kind of ideal right there. Yeah, assuming Evan Neal is available, he is right now my clear-cut top offensive tackle in this draft. He's my highest-graded offensive lineman. Pardon me. And one of my highest-graded players, just overall. Yeah, if he's there, I think he kind of has to be the pick. And Gardner, you're, I agree. He is he is right now just safer than Derek Stingley just because of the questions regarding Stingley's foot. And you're, you are absolutely right with Gardner, how he gets in phase. He just hops right in receiver's hip pockets, and it really doesn't matter what type of receiver they are. They could be big. They could be fast. They could be small and quick. And he can stay with all of them, and that's really impressive. And I really do love how he uses his length in closing bursts. So if he's in 
even just a slight trail or off position, he can make up that ground in no time and just slam receiving windows shut. Yeah, he's excellent in recovery, and he uses the sidelines to his advantage, understands his leverage really well, squeezes receivers towards the sidelines, off the red line. I also think his instincts in zone are really, really good. There were a couple plays where he was go- he was put in a conflict with a backside dig from a reduced split that was going right into his area while he was in zone coverage, and he had the number one receiver that was going vertical, but he had a safety over the top, and he knew to look and keep his eyes to see if there was a backside crosser, and he reacted really well. I think the catch was surrendered, but he played physical through that catch point and ended up being an encroachment on the defense anyways, which is no knock on sauce, but you can just see how he has the eye discipline and the overall awareness to, to execute zone assignments really well. Yeah. I think really the only question with sauce is just his build. He's, he's tall. He's got great length, but the, the term whip thin comes to mind looking at him. He is a gangly dude. Yeah, I think he weighed in at the combine at 190 and yeah, at six foot two, six foot three with his kind of length, that is thin. And yeah, I don't actually worry about him in run defense, although I, I did notice his tackling was a bit suspect. Uh, not that he wasn't willing, just that he wasn't particularly good at it, at least to my eye. And that isn't uncommon with defensive backs, especially at the college level and unfortunately at the NFL level anymore as well. But, you know, I would have liked to have seen him use that length of his to really wrap up. And even if they were drag down tackles, get guys on the ground more often. Yeah. He didn't make any business decisions that I saw. Like you said, he, he is a physical player. He's not afraid of contact. I just like to see him do a better job of finishing when he has to. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I think he tackles too high. It's something that I'll say. I think it actually was correctable. I watched uh, two 2020 games. One of them was the Memphis game. Go and watch it, everybody, because it's so funny watching Calvin Austin against five foot seven <laughs> Calvin Austin against six foot three Sauce Gardner. But I, I did feel like his tackling improved overall in 2021, but he still would go into the tackle point high at times and try to body slam, which is not something you're going to have success with as a 190-pound cornerback at the next level. Now, there were plays, though. The play against Alabama where the 
Crimson Tide used Jamison Williams as a fast two to the boundary, and it isolated Jamison Williams against Sauce Gardner in space. Sauce Gardner flew down there, recognized what was happening, and then stuck Jamison Williams right low into the ground and finished the tackle. And I felt like that was a very impressive showing of run support. Granted, it's a little bit different when you have to face a running back whose momentum is coming towards you rather than a wide receiver who's turning back towards a quarterback to make a catch and then recollect themselves and get upfield. I think there are differences there. But there were instances of Sauce Gardner going low and making good tackles. But it is something I feel like that he can improve upon. But I do want to kind of transition, Chris. Let's say that the Giants don't go Sauce Gardner. They don't go Derek Stingley Jr. Instead, they go with a Kayvon Thibodeau right tackle. We're happy, right? That's an excellent scenario. Now we look at pick 36. It's in the second round. We don't know how many cornerbacks are going to go. Is Kyrie Elam going to be around? Maybe. There are a bunch of other names I think we can go over. What options are you interested in for the New York Giants at that pick 36 for the cornerback position? Well, I think if Kyrie Elam is there, that's, that is just incredibly lucky because he should be a first rounder. Yeah, he is kind of like, he is very sauce-like. Uh, he's very athletic, very physical, very long. He's a good press man corner. He can play zone. He can play off. Yeah, I, I like him. I like everything about his game pretty much. I wouldn't have a problem with the Giants going after Alam if they say trade down from one of those top 10 picks. But looking at 36, I'm actually kind of zooming in on uh, Roger McCreary out of Auburn, cornerback, obviously. Yeah, he is, he doesn't have that length. He is kind of the anti-sauce in those, in, you know, in that regard. But he is one of the smoothest cover corners in this draft. Yeah, he has fantastic hips, really quick feet. He gets into phase and, again, like these top guys, he can just plaster wide receivers and sit in their hip pocket all through the route and he is he is again very very physical he doesn't have that great length for jams but he can still hang with receivers in tight man coverage I think Roger McCreary is just absolutely not being discussed right now but there is a good reason for it and he has shorter arms than Darnay Holmes he is in the zero percentile for arm length I think he's going to be the Shortest armed defensive back in the NFL when he's drafted. And that's just going to remove him from some team's boards. I don't know if it's going to remove him from the Giants board. And honestly, he was still pretty good and effective in press coverage (laughs) at the college level playing against SEC type defenders. Watch him against Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase gets him a couple times, but McCreary gets him a couple times as well. And he also came away with a Joe Burrow interception on Jamar Chase. I really appreciate McCreary's game. I don't know if the Giants would go in that direction, but if you want someone who could play man coverage, he is somebody who will be had on day two and he will be effective in that role. Love Elam, as you said, wish he was a little bit better of a tackler. And then I think another name, well, two more names, Andrew Booth Jr. could fall because he had core muscle surgery, a sports hernia. And if that's the case, I think I'm comfortable with the Giants selecting him at 36. I think he's somebody who could play man coverage. He didn't do that much of it at Clemson, but he's definitely an interesting player. A lot of people have him high. I liked him as well, and I think he could be a first-round player if he's healthy. But another name is Kyler Gordon. This is Trent McDuffie's teammate at Washington. 
This dude, you can align him in the slot. You can align him in the boundary. And he is so quick twitch. His change of direction and just his overall movement skills are elite at least in terms of his play speed. He didn't test at the combine as well as a lot of people anticipated. But when you turn on his film, you can see his click and close downhill, his eye discipline on these wide receiver breaks whenever he's watching the quarterback, his timing to bait those quarterbacks and then come away with interceptions. If you watch the Cal game, he did that twice. I mean, I just think he's somebody at pick 36 that makes a lot of sense for the Giants, which was a little bit bigger. He's not super short. He's like five foot 11, I think, 190 pounds. But I did like his game and appreciate his game. I think he could be an option at 36. Yeah, I, either one of those Washington corners could be an option at 36, I think. You know, like I said, Kyler Gordon, he is really super twitchy. And he just, again, he's another guy he can, I, I love that click and close where it, all of a sudden his feet just kind of flash and he's closing in on that wide receiver. Yeah, you know, really versatile corner. Yeah, Again, yeah, he was a little disappointing at the combine. You turn on his tape, it doesn't matter. And also Trent McDuffie, a lot of people are very high on him. He's probably another guy you could align him inside, align him outside, maybe move him around if you want. Yeah, kind of mix and match players and coverages. Having a bunch of versatile corners, a bunch of versatile defensive backs is never a bad thing, especially for a scheme like Martindale's. And, you know, McDuffie is another aggressive corner. He's a good athlete. And I think he could probably play in Martindale's scheme as well. The, the only question is if either of those guys drop, I, I'm not sure anyone has a really good read on how this secondary class in general is going to play out. Yeah. McDuffie, I would be shocked if he was there at 36. I think Stingley Gardner and McDuffie are locks for the first round, but then beyond that, I have questions. I think Kyler Gordon could be a first round pick. That one might be a little bit more shocking. Kyrie Elam, I think, could be a first-round pick to like Buffalo, and then Andrew Booth. I just don't know where he's going to be valued because of the because of the injury. Now, Roger McCreary, I don't think will be a first-round pick because of that lack of length. But Chris, if we do transition to the third round, what options do you think will be available for sixty-seven and eighty-one? Some of these Tariq Woolens of the world, Alante Taylors, guys like that, Kobe Bryant. How do you feel about that? You know, Kobe Bryant's actually an interesting guy. Uh, Sauce Gardner's teammate there at Cincinnati. He is another long, you know, real long. I think he measured something like 6'2", something like that, cornerback. He's aggressive. He's got good athleticism. I think he can play in a cover one defense. I mean, considering how much Cincinnati played man coverage, especially with Sauce. Yeah, I think he could do that at the NFL level. But even if you use him in like a, you wind up having to play a hybrid coverage. You know, that is, I, I think te- something teams have done successfully it might not be what Wink really wants to do, but uh, to quote the philosopher Jagger, you, you can't always get what you want. <laughs> and, you know, also third round, I think that is kind of prime Tariq Woolen area. And he's a guy I think we really have to discuss. Tariq Woolen he is the long type of cornerback that a lot of people associate with Sauce Gardner. He's a little bit longer, to be honest. He is six foot four, one eighth inch, and that's in the 99th percentile. That's insane. He ran a 40 yard dash in the 99th percentile at that size, at a 426. That's just ridiculous. Wingspan, 90th percentile at more than 78 inches. Arm length, 33 and 5 eighth inches. That's 97th percentile. 10 yard split, sub one 
five, which is ridiculous at 93rd percentile. So you're talking about an insane athlete here with Tariq Wollin out of UTSA, and but that's the issue. He's coming out of UTSA. This is somebody who wasn't targeted all that often at UTSA because he's playing at a smaller level of competition and everybody knew this dude was an absolute freak. Went down to the Senior Bowl, and I loved seeing him down there, to be honest. I felt like he held his own well. It was hard to find his film initially, to be honest. And I kind of want you to speak on him a little bit because you might have seen him a little bit more recently than I have. Yeah, I, I was able to track down enough games to get a feel for him. And he is just an absolute, he is a freak athlete. Like, even more than your average football player who's like NBA point guard <laughs> athletic, where he's got ridiculous quickness, ridiculous explosiveness, great speed, all of that. Yeah, you know, his height, his size, because he's two oh five at six foot four. So yeah, you know, he isn't thin like Sauce is. You know, he's got fifteen pounds on Gardner, and that's you know that's not a little. But he's still you know he's quick, he's agile, great long speed. Uh, I thought he improved quite a bit. He is, I believe, he's only played cornerback for two years in addition to playing for UTSA. So yeah, I thought at least over the games I saw, he improved in every single one, which is a good thing. But he, again, he is still learning the position. Yeah, he's competitive. He's physical. Yeah, he doesn't get bullied at the catch point. And I think he does have the traits to at least be physical at the line of scrimmage. Now, I don't know if he's a press man corner. In fact, I'm kind of not sure if he is even a cornerback at the NFL level, because, you know, looking at the RAS chart, his comparisons are Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, Jamel Dean. You know, these are some of the best corners in the NFL. But then you look at his, his agility grades. He had a four, two, nine in the short shuttle and a seven, one in three cone, which the, the short shuttle is, you know, a four out of 10 and the three cone is like a three and a half out of 10. So yeah, I do wonder if that isn't, if that doesn't maybe force him to be more of a safety or maybe just a nickel defender. I think in general, he can be developed at cornerback possibly, but if he doesn't take, you can try moving him around and just using him as that third level, maybe a star type of player where you can align him in the box in obvious passing situations and use that length to close out some throwing windows. There was this play that I saw with him against UNLV. It was a third and long, and he was aligned to the boundary over the number one, and UNLV's offense, I think, motioned somebody from the backside to be the number two receiver. And he dropped into the deep zone, and he covered the number one's vertical stem but then he read the number two receiver, flashed his eyes in zone to the number two receiver who was running an out route at about 10 yards, third and long, maybe 10 to 12 yards. And he came off that number one, passed it off, and then jumped the out route and then came away with this interception. And that showed a lot of instincts right there as a cornerback in zone coverage. I'm interested to see him, and I wish I got my eyes on a little bit more film, but again, it's just hard to come across UTSA film. But I can't lie and say that he's definitely hasn't intrigued me because he's very, very intriguing with that length and athletic profile. Yeah. Woolen at the very least comes in under the planet theory where there are very, very few humans walking the planet who are 
capable of doing the things he does just between his height, his length, his size, his speed, his explosiveness, all of that. Yeah. They are just rare. And I honestly wouldn't blame the giants. If even if they get a sauce gardener, you know, right at the top of the draft, if they turn around and double dip, even with all of their needs and pick up woolen, just, just collecting freaks collecting length that would just be an insane cornerback room right there all right before we go to safeties chris any more cornerbacks you want to touch on that could be enticing for the new york giants as quote-unquote sleepers you know the the one that does kind of jump out at me may at least a little is uh mario goodrich out of clemson uh andrew booth's teammate he is another kind of Good size, long cornerback. I'm not sure if he is a press man corner, but I think he can play enough of both, you know, man and zone corner to have a role in the NFL. And with Andrew Booth out there, who is a guy I really liked his tape. Yeah, Goodrich did see his fair share of uh, of work in games because teams would honestly just kind of avoid Andrew Booth because why go after him? He's too good. And, you know, Goodrich handled his business. Yeah, Goodrich is an interesting one. The fact that he ran so slow at the combine is probably going to force him to be a day three pick, and I think he could be a developmental option. Other names that I just want to acknowledge that we've talked about on past podcasts – Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska, physical guy, not the biggest dude, but somebody who I feel like could transition to safety. And he showed up the combine and ran a lot faster than I expected, played a lot of zone out there at Nebraska. He's a name to kind of keep in the back of your mind. And then Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. Haven't seen a ton of Zion McCollum, but this is somebody who had like the most ridiculous three-cone run ever <laughs> at the, like, the history of the combine and he's another player who was like six foot four i believe i am a column blew the combine up and not a lot of people are really discussing him and i gotta get into his tape a little bit more get into that nitty-gritty but you're talking about a 98th percentile three cone 93rd percentile short shuttle 96th percentile height 89th percentile vertical jump 95th percentile 40 yard dash and then a 94th percentile broad jump man this guy has a lot of those check marks. I just got to kind of get to his film a little bit more. Have you seen him at all? I I haven't been able to track down an, his film, or at least not enough to make a good analysis on him. Yeah, I, I understand that. But he's definitely somebody in that area of the draft to definitely keep in the back of your mind. And then there's also small level guys like Josh Williams out of Fayetteville State. Another long cornerback showed up at the senior bowl who was really disruptive at the line of scrimmage. And I kind of liked what I saw, but it was all from senior bowl film. But Chris, Let's transition to the safeties. Now, the perceived top safety in this class is Kyle Hamilton. That is my number one ranked safety. That is the safety out of Notre Dame. But I want to ask you, how far away is that second group of safeties? Because it seems like Hamilton is the highest rated safety. And you can debate if that's rightfully so. In my opinion, it is. But then you have the Daxton Hills from Michigan, the Jaquan Briskers from Penn State, the Lewis Scenes from Georgia, the Jalen Petries from Baylor. And those guys are all really good in their own right. So how far away is Hamilton from those players, in your opinion? I I would say about uh, about half a round or so. Yeah, I would not have a problem with the Giants taking Kyle Hamilton at the top of the draft, uh, fifth or seventh overall. It, it I love him. I love his tape. Yeah, I think he is the type of player who changes how you can play defense. Yeah, he is. I think 
the best single high safety in this draft class, despite being, you know, 6'4", 220 pounds, and basically having linebacker size. But then he's got that linebacker size, so he can come down, he can play the box. He's got the kind of versatility you just do not see from players who are able to do play that free safety position as well as he does. I absolutely love Kyle Hamilton, to be honest. And when I watched this film, I figured I would because I watch a lot of Notre Dame on Saturday. But it checked the boxes for me, man. And people are kind of pointing out, yeah, well, you know, he ran like a 4-5-9 and then a 4-6 at his pro. I don't care. I don't care. Ed Reed ran slow at his pro day in the combine. And so did a lot of other single high safeties. Now, is he ideal in a post role consistently? Maybe not. I think he can do it though, but I think he might be best in a, in a deep half type of role. You can drop him in the box. You ask him to fill the B gap on any kind of lateral run. The dude is excellent in run sport. He flies down, stays square, goes low and delivers these big tackles. He's a sure tackler who wraps up and hits hard. Like I really like Kyle Hamilton, but I gotta be honest, Chris, I really like a lot of those other safeties too. I don't know how far the drop off is for me, but I feel like the safety class at the top is really close. And there are differences in style where I think I look at someone like a Daxton Hill from Michigan and a Jalen Petrie from Baylor. They're a little bit more, at least the way they were utilized in 2021, they were a little bit more of nickel defenders, you know, a little bit more of the overhang spot rather than the deep safeties. And I love both of their games. I think Daxton Hill could play cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. Hill, I, I Michigan lined him up as a slot corner majority of often and he handled it like he's got the hips and everything to play slot corner so you could use him all over your defense yeah i really like lucene i like daxton hill i like jaquan brisker i like jalen petrie i i think any one of those guys could be the safety one in a draft class that doesn't have kyle hamilton like that's how i feel about them i i think you could be justified taking any of them where you would the top safety in a normal draft class. Dude, Jalen Petrie, he's somebody at 36 that I'm really open to. Have you seen the Oklahoma State game? Uh, Yes, yeah. He had two PBUs in the red zone in that game. One was on a seven route from the slot, the number two receiver in a smash concept where he had inside leverage and he was able to locate and play through the catch point to force a PBU. And another one was on a move the pocket play where he's flowing laterally with the receiver in the flat, but noticed that the backside tight end was just sitting there unguarded. He worked his way back towards it and just swatted the ball away. And then against TCU, he had this rep where he was over the number two receiver. So he's playing the slot inside leverage and the receiver gets over the top of him and he completely flips his hips and then works underneath this route on deep post and just gets his outside arm on the ball to swat it away I just love the makeup of Jalen Petrie and I say that yet I still think I like Daxton Hill and Lewis Sane better than him yeah I absolutely get that I think Petrie could be an absolute blast to watch in Wink Martindale's in Wink Martindale's defense, he almost feels purpose built <laughs> for a defense like Martindale's, where you can play him all over the defense, move him around, and then blitz him like every other play. Yeah, he I, I love Petrie blitzing. I think I think he is a really good pass rusher. He's a good run defender, and then like you said, he is a good coverage safety as well. But again, seen who he's long, he's athletic. 
it's he's almost a victim of all of the talent on that Georgia defense because he deserves to be talked about a lot more than he has been. Oh, you couldn't be more correct about that, to be honest. And not to take shots at Hamilton because Hamilton is my highest ranked safety. And I do agree. I think he fundamentally can change what you can do on the defense with his range, long stride ability, his run support ability, the ability to play deep half, play post when he's asked to. But I will say this. I think Petrie and Hill are more capable of handling these smaller, shiftier receivers that align in the slot than someone like a Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, I think Kyle Hamilton can probably erase some of those bigger tight ends in the league as well. Yeah, but of course, the the Giants already have Jordan Love. They've got Darnay Holmes. So they've got guys who can handle those small, shifty receivers. Yeah, yeah. I was just speaking in on general, yes. <laughs> but Seen is one of the ones who's complete. Like, that's how I describe him. He's a complete safety. I actually heard somebody, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Dame Brugler, compare him to Xavier McKinney coming out. Now, Seen tested so much better than Xavier McKinney did. And that's one reason why the Giants were able to get McKinney where they did. But I kind of like that comparison because I think they're both very smart. They're both very physical and run support. You could ask them to drop into a multitude of different coverages and they're going to be able to handle that responsibility. And if you ask them to cover a slot receiver, I think they could do that adequately. Yeah, I th- I think so as well. Yeah, I've seen he can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. He's got pretty good range out of his zone. Yeah, I'm not sure I would really want to match him up in tight man coverage. But you know, just you know, regular man coverage on a running back that say motioned out of the backfield. Fine, I, I'm comfortable with that from him. Yeah, I think he's a long dude. I think he measured in at what six two. Uh, 32 inch arms so yeah for a safety not bad at all and he uses that length well yeah he triggers downhill very quickly which there isn't anybody on that georgia defense that wasn't aggressive so you don't have to worry about that from him and he is a good tackler which is something you need from safeties absolutely and we talked about all the big guys except for really jaquan brisker you want to talk a little bit about brisker and how he would fit with the new york giants because he's got a thick nice build bro oh yeah he he does kind of remind me as like maybe a bigger version a slightly bigger version of daxon hill yeah i really like uh brisker's tape and yeah he and on the wide receiver side, Jahan Dawson, they're both kind of slipping through the cracks just a little bit, I think. But yeah, you know, Brisker doesn't have quite the same speed as Dax Hill or Lewis Seen. He timed out at a, at a four four nine as opposed to the other two had what four three nine or so. But he's quick. He's agile. He's he's a very balanced safety. Now nah, he definitely is. Did you see the Illinois game? Uh, no, that wasn't one I watched. Yeah, it was funny because in that game, Illinois tried running the Philly special on the third and sixth play. And he oh, was that, all that didn't way. work out well. <laughs> it, it didn't because you have this wide receiver trying to throw the ball to the quarterback out in the flat. But Jaquan Brisker was on the far hash and he got all the way to the numbers to almost come away with this interception. Probably should have came away with the interception, but he noticed it go down. But what I love is how quick he got over there. Now, Of course, if it was a quarterback ripping the ball in, it might have been a little bit different, but you could still see how he diagnosed it, broke down, and then exploded out of his stance to cover that ground. I think he actually has pretty deceptive range that we don't really discuss too much. Yeah, and the thing that really stood out to me with Brisker is his toughness. Like, he is willing to take on contact. Like, I saw him take on offensive linemen, you know, going downhill. 
And week one against Wisconsin, he wound up being taken off the field like two or three times with injury, with injuries. And he he just kept coming back onto the field. And if I remember correctly, he basically made the decisive play for that game after coming back on the field like the third time. So yeah, that sort of thing, I that will absolutely appeal to teams. Absolutely. And there's three safeties that I kind of put into a group or four safeties that I kind of put into a group behind these guys. And two of them I haven't seen enough on to opine. So I want to get your opinion. The two that I have seen is Brian Cook and Nick Cross. Nick Cross is a heat-seeking missile who is a little bit undisciplined with his tackling and has a little bit too many missed tackles. But you want somebody to just blow a dude up over the middle. That's Nick Cross out of Maryland. Brian Cook is a very, very physical presence coming downhill and filling the alley. I think he is a solid overall athlete, but probably not the best athlete to play a single high type of role but if you want to align him over the slot you want to drop him in the box you want him to play a too high shell that's brian cook out of cincinnati and i thought i really came away from his tape just liking his physical demeanor the other two guys are damari mathis from pittsburgh and kirby joseph from illinois do you have anything on those two and do you have any opinions on cook and cross yeah cross i really liked him maybe he was maybe a little bit biased by uh you know pleasant memories of darnell savage when he was coming out of maryland because you know i I loved watching his tape and cross kind of gives me some of the same, uh, some of the same feelings because like you said, he is a heat seeking missile. He's got great size. He's a good athlete. Yeah. He is you know, super, super physical. And I think he is, you know, one of the more fun safeties to watch in this draft class. Yeah. You know, I think I kind of like him maybe a little bit more as a box safety, you know, like a, maybe like a cover three strong safety type role, but he is just a fun guy to watch. I'm not sure what his role would be with the giants, but considering they only have two safeties on the roster right now, I feel pretty confident saying they're going to be drafting at least one this year. (laughs) Yeah. I, I did like Nick cross as well. There were a couple things I feel like he can be cleaned up. I don't know if it would be the Giants dislike him. And I actually kind of think he could go a little bit higher than maybe a lot of the media speculates because he is a phenomenal athlete. And then what about Damari Mathis out of Pittsburgh and Kirby Joseph out of Illinois? Unfortunately, I haven't had the time to get to Kirby Joseph's tape yet. Uh, yeah, Damari Mathis, it, I think he's got good size. I think he's got the ability to play in pretty much any coverage shell you want to put him in. Yeah. Maybe I'm not too, too sure about like, you know, having a man that single high center field role, but that is just, that's a rare skill set to be able to have like that. That's really almost just gravy. If you can find a safety who can be a true center fielder, but have it, you can have him in a cover two, a deep third, you could probably have him come down and cover the slot, I think. And for a guy that nobody's really talking about to have that kind of versatility, that's definitely intriguing. It definitely is. And I haven't seen a lot of Kirby Joseph, but I'll give you my opinions on some of the things I saw on Saturday. I think this guy has true middle of the field, close single high type of range. I remember he had an interception against Iowa that was kind of reminiscent of what Xavier McKinney did against Derek Carr and the Raiders. So I I'm not complete with my evaluation on him, but I've seen him work the middle of the field very well and come away with interceptions from a middle-of-the-field closed look. And I think that's something, when you have that kind of range to cover that type of ground and you understand angles and you know the advantageous angles to take to attack the football, and then you're also physical at the catch point, which is also something I saw from Kirby Joseph, all of those things put together are very, very desirable traits that the NFL is looking for. So 
I got to get my evaluation on him and I'll try to get that out in the next week. But I did uh, see that at least. And I wanted to kind of acknowledge it, but Chris, do you have any other later round safeties that we haven't discussed yet that you feel like can be impact players in the NFL? Well, I'm not sure about impact, but I am intrigued by Verone McKinley out of Oregon. I'm sorry, Verone McKinley, the third, <laughs> maybe not his grandfather, but you know, <laughs> Redshirt sophomore, decent size. You know, I think he was 5'11", 195-ish. And you know, I think he can play at, at least a deep half at the NFL level. You know, like uh, cover two uh, with Martindale. It would probably be two-man with the man coverage underneath because Martindale loves himself some man coverage. Yeah, I think he's got good, you know, good eyes, good, pretty good discipline, good tackling. I think he could come down to cover the slot, but you know, probably wouldn't want him living up there. Just all in all, maybe maybe a good option is like a third safety for the roster. Just a guy, a nickel safety, some someone like that that you can bring in in sub packages. Maybe a, a heavy nickel, that kind of thing. Okay, excellent. There we go. That is the cornerback and safety review here on Big Blue View. I am Nick Filato. That is Chris Flum. Please head on over to the website. Check out bigblueview.com. We're covering the New York Giants very in-depthly and also the NFL draft. And please leave a comment and rate. Give us five stars here on the podcast. Let us know what we can do better, but please give us five stars. All right, everybody, be safe and take care of each other. The draft is less than a week away, and we can't wait. Take care. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.